Imagine Love Key Church where all of us are walking in the fullness of what God has called us to do. We are all completely sold out to see all people around us, family, friends, co-workers and strangers, encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and help others to do the same. Imagine all, just these people here. We are sold out to that idea. Imagine Love Key Church filling up so quickly with marriages and families that are hungry to do things God's way that we need a new venue one month from now. That's possible. Imagine 50, 100, 200 connect groups operating on a weekly basis in the Helderberg area, the northern suburbs, wherever else God wants us, changing homes, changing communities, changing schools and towns from within. Imagine that. It is possible if each one of us make a decision to commit to put God first in every area of our lives and that that by extension shows in my personal walk with God and in how I serve my local church with my time, with my money, with my gifts and my spiritual gifts. That is where it counts. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Thank you, Jesus. Yalla, ons het gebouw. Yes. Slacken, eh? It's good to have a bit of space. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How are you guys? Are you doing well? You doing well? Great. Who had, who had a bit of a holiday? Who got to rest? Who had to work right through? All right, all right. That happens, that happens. Well, it's good to have you back. I believe this is going to be an amazing year. I'm expectant of God doing great things, big things, surprising things. I'm trusting for prophetic words to come to pass in ways that we, that's greater than we imagined. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about what God is doing. We're starting a, uh, a new series today called First. And uh, our main scripture for this series is Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. There's a big if, but there's also a big promise. Okay, I love God. I love Jesus and I love the Holy Spirit with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I love you, all of you, as I love myself. Because that's what Jesus tells us to do. Am I there completely 100%? No, I'm on a journey. <laughs> but that's where I believe I want to be in complete where my heart is completely there, where it's all about God, every way, shape, and form, and where I truly love all of you as I love myself, as I love God. <laughs> I am so grateful towards all of you for being here. Your presence here blesses me and my family. And I'm especially honored 
that you are here to come and listen to me share the word of God. That in itself is a miracle. Because I used to just be a singer. I feel that sense of honor. I really do. And at the same time, I feel of, I, I simultaneously have a sense of great excitement and privilege. Sorry, that's switching track off. Sorry about that. I, I simultaneously feel a sense of immense excitement and privilege as well as a profound weight and responsibility for what God has put on my life. And the fact that you guys actually show up, <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. And by the grace of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, when we gather, I believe we will always encounter God. We will always align more with His ways. And we will always learn more how to reign in life. And we will always learn how to help others to do the same. All four of those values are very important. And because I love God, and because I love all of you, I will always share the Word of God with us in a way that is saturated by the love of God, but also will never compromise on the truth of the Word of God. And you need to know that. That means that you may hear the Sunday message in this church and be offended. Don't fear this emotion. You know how gym instructors, instructors, especially now in this first week of the new year, first two weeks of the new year, they, they will tell you, sweat is just fat leaving the body. Keep on going. Now, offense is just selfishness leaving the body. So don't fear the emotion of offense. It's just selfishness leaving the body. My aim is not to offend. I'm not trying to offend you. My aim is to honor God and His Word. It's to obey His voice and His Word. And in doing so, I trust that all of us will be convicted by the truth of the Word of God, not condemned and go to a place of guilt and shame, but convicted so that we go to a place of change and maturity in Christ. This happens by the Holy Spirit and by the truth of the Word of God so that we can mature in Christ and become holy as he is holy perfect as the father is perfect that's what the word tells us we are called to because if we are truly born again we are part of a royal priesthood and a holy nation and we have access to a supernatural life so once you are born again you actually have no excuse I'm just a human no you're not when you are born again, you're a new creation. Stop complaining and start spending time with God. <clears throat> I'm sharing this caveat with you. Not caviar, caveat. It's a legal term for a provision or a disclaimer. I'm sharing this disclaimer with you to prep you for today's word. <laughs> if you do not hear this truth in love, it's possible that you may be offended or make wrong assumptions about my intentions. And I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want either of those. My hope is at the end of the message, we will all be so hungry to obey God and have more of Him in our lives that we will walk out of here with a passionate zeal and an excited expectation of what God will do in this week of prayer and fasting and in this year. That is my hope. That is my goal. 
Amen? All right. So our new series is called First, and First, in broad terms, it's about putting God first in every area of our lives. It's about what that means. It's about what this looks like practically in our lives. To say God is first in our lives and to actually make Him first in our lives can be two different things. I'm sure all of us have had moments where we say one thing with our mouths, praising God, quoting Scripture, and then the next moment we say something with that same mouth that does not honor God. And I'm sure we've seen people do the same thing. And we've been disgusted by it. Because it's not a life of integrity. Let us all trust God to get to a place where we truly live from that place where He is first. Actions speak louder than words. And in the book of James, we see that faith without action is useless. Faith without action means nothing. But Paul says that works without faith is dead. So what is the truth? The truth is we need faith in God because if we have faith in Him, truly have faith in Him, it will show in our lives through the works that we do. So they are both right. Today we're going to look at how important it is to put God uh, to put God first, and by extension, the temple of God, and by further extension, the church. And you'll understand just now why I'm making a distinction between temple and church. We're going to read some powerful scriptures together, that, and then we're going to get into a discussion of these truths. Is everyone awake and ready for the Word of God? Okay, can you say after me, I want... To hear the word of God and obey the word of God. All right, that's a binding contract. Thank you very much. All right, let us read together in Haggai 1 from verse 2 to 12. It's quite a long piece. I try to only use bits of it, but then it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have as much of a punch. So we're going to read the whole bit there. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts. All right, so yeah, that should already get your attention. God is speaking to his people. So wake up and listen. This people of mine says, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, it is time, is it, sorry, it's a question. <laughs> is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? Another translation says, your luxurious houses. Because when the house was paneled back then, it was a proper house. And this temple lie in ruins. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Think of how you live your life. You have sown much, but bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple. That I, God, may take pleasure in it and be glorified in the building of his temple. 
You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Listen to the consequence. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruits. For I called a drought in the land, on the land and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest with all the remnant of the people. Listen to this. The priests and the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent them. And the people feared the presence of God. Okay, that's chapter 1 of Haggai. Let's look at chapter 2 from verse 3 to 9. God is speaking again. He says, Who is left among you who saw the temple in its former glory before it was destroyed by the enemy, by the Babylonians, before they went into Babylon, into captivity? Who of you remember the former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet. So he's telling them this, this is no match to what it used to be, what they've done. Doesn't match up. But he's encouraging them. Now be strong, says the Lord. And be strong, Joshua, the high priest. Uh, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the, to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. Yes. Note this, the latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. Powerful, powerful principles. We're going to jump into that now. Now I want to bring us into the new covenant and I want to read us 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15a, and then verse 19 to 20. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. Ouch. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 
Ephesians 2 talks about how together we are the church of Christ. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy what? Holy what? In the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Let's jump to Ephesians 4. Paul keeps writing to the Ephesians and he says, And he, Jesus, himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. We call this the fivefold ministry. What is their job? The equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? All believers, all born again Christians who are not their own but have been bought at a price. Or the saints, they are being equipped for what? The work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till when? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why should we do this until that happens? That we no longer be children, immature, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, see how I prepped you for that, may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom Christ from whom the whole body all of the saints all of the fivefold ministry people joined and knit together by what by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does what? It's share. It's share. Can you see that the unity and the effectiveness of the joining depends on every saint in the assembly of God? It causes growth in the body of the, and for the edifying of itself in love. Do you want to see a church grow? This is what we need to do. All right, first things first. That is our message for today. Series is first. The first message is first things first. All right? You've heard these terms before. We're going to apply them to what really matters, and that is our relationship with God. In Haggai, we see some of the first remnant of God's people returning from captivity in Babylon to Jerusalem. Now we have to stop and ask ourselves just quickly, why were they in Babylon? Why were they taken into captivity for 70 years? Okay, I'm going to make this real simple. 
Were they obedient or disobedient? Did they honor and praise and worship God or idols? All right. They did not put God first. That's the simple answer. And they kept not putting God first after getting many, 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 many warnings from many prophets. And that's why they eventually ended up there. They worshipped other gods and disobeyed their true father in heaven. And eventually they suffered the consequences of their own actions. There were consequences to not honoring God. Now some of them have returned. And what happened in the book of Haggai is that we see God speak to his people that he had just set free from 70 years of captivity for not honoring and putting him first about getting their priorities straight. God speaks to the man of God and points out the fact that this people said that time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. This implies that they know it needs to happen. They know the temple has to be built. But they are justifying putting it off, convincing themselves it's okay. Have you ever done that? Put off what you know is right to do, but you justify why it doesn't need to happen right now, and eventually you believe yourself. Why is that? Because a lie that is repeated will become truth to you. This is what the remnant of Israel was doing. They are back from bondage. They are just happy to be back and start their lives up again in the homeland. But their focus is their own nice houses, which represents their own comfort, their own convenience, their own dreams, desires, and plans. Then God speaks through Haggai to give the people a wake-up call. You live in luxurious houses while my temple lies in ruins. That is not right. You have your priorities completely out of sync. Or as the Americans would say, completely out of whack. Then God explains the consequences of having their priorities wrong. What happens when you don't put God first? He says, look, look, look what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you're putting them in pockets filled with holes. And then he tells them what to do. Go get timber and rebuild my house. Why? He, gives, he says why. Because he will take pleasure and be honored when we do that. When we put God, his temple, and his church first, he takes pleasure in it and he is honored. Do you want to give pleasure to God? Do you want to honor God? Put Him first. Plus, we can see that He also implies that if that is in order, everything else we do will be blessed. Amen. Amen? He even goes further and states that the drought and other disasters were caused by Him because His people are not putting Him first. Many Christians don't want to hear that. Yes, but our God is a good God. Because He's a good God. Because He loves you. Because he has, uh, he has put out a word of how things work, he cannot go against his own word. How many of you have children? Okay. That's very slow hands. So. <laughs> how many of you know that if you give a child what he wants every time he wants it, just because he screams and throws a tantrum, you are raising a monster? Eventually, they'll come back and bite you in the bum, right? 
Okay. So you know that. And you are an earthly parent. How much more would God not know this principle? To not give his children what they want because they don't know what's best for them because they are not putting him first. But if we do put him first, then he will honor that in our relationship. Have any of you ever felt stuck in a, in a thing that you were trying to make happen? A business deal, work, are your plans failing? Or when you try to a surefire thing to do in business, it somehow still fails. Have you paused, taken a moment and considered whether you really put God first? Have you put his temple first? Have you put uh, him first in your life, the church first in your life? Have you even asked him whether that thing that you're trying to do is from him? That thing that failed, was that really from him? Now we see in Paul's letter to the Corinthians that when we become truly born again, dead to sin, filled with the Holy Spirit, on our way to heaven, Jesus followers, we belong to Christ. What does it mean to belong to something? It means that you are the property of that person. So you belong to Christ. It says that our bodies become a temple for the Holy Spirit. That we are not our own, but that we have been bought at a price. How many of you really know that you are not your own? If you've given your life to Christ, you are not your own. You know that? Do I make my plans that way? Do I speak to people that way, that I know I'm not my own? In the new covenant with God that Jesus ushered in, the temple of God where the Holy Spirit dwells is no longer the ark of the covenant in a special tent. It is no longer that physical place. It is us, the believers, the people who love Jesus. It is our bodies. That should freak you out just a little bit. You are the home of the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't get it. You host the Holy Spirit. There's actually a better way to say that, that it rhymes. You host the Holy Ghost. I'm going to write that down. That's a good song. I believe that God wants us as the new covenant believers that are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses of which Haggai is one to realize that since he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the principle that his people should put him first and therefore prioritize his temple still stands. Are we in agreement? Yes. All right. Therefore, we need to take a deep, intense look at our lives this day as we kick off this year and we start with a fast and ask ourselves a very important question. Does God truly come first in my life? And therefore, by extension, do I live each day with the constant consciousness that my body is now a temple of God and needs to be prioritized above my house, my work, my marriage, my family, my holidays, my opinions about vaccines, is the Holy Spirit temple in order? Amen. We need to realize that everything else in our lives flow from this priority. How fruitful and successful we are in each area of our lives is directly connected to how much we put God first. And by extension, the fact that our bodies now host the Holy Spirit. 
And then from Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 4, we can see that a direct link between how each individual believer who hosts the Holy Spirit is now also part of the local church and the broader body of Christ. So I become a believer. I am now a temple of the Holy Spirit. But my brother and sister in Christ who are also believers are also hosting, the, they're also temples of the Holy Spirit. Now when we come together, we become the temple together. We become the church of Jesus Christ. That is who we are. The local church and the broader body of Christ. We also see how each one of us filled with the Holy Spirit is an important and significant joint in the body of Christ with something special and unique to offer that edifies and uplifts the rest of the body of Christ. Did you see that from Ephesians 4? The question is, do you believe it? Because if you believe it, you may be obedient to it. Therefore, we all need to catch the revelation that if I profess to put God first, and if I profess to host the Holy Spirit in my body temple, then one sure way we will show it in our lives is how we serve the local church. Each one of you, each one of you, have an important role to fulfill in this local church. God has placed you here for a reason. There's a, there was a tug in your spirit to be here for a reason. We all need, all of us, to live out the fullness of our individual callings in the local church. I need you. You need me. And you all need my wife. This way, we edify and uplift each other and know this, it will flow over into all aspects of your life. And you will see supernatural fruit because of it. But there's a big if. If you put God first, if you put the temple first, if you put the church first, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and then all the other things will be added. Now this is where it can get offensive if you're not offended already. Please know that I did not make up this message in order to manipulate you to come and do something or more for this church. Trust me on that or don't. It's the truth. I truly felt led by God to bring this message to us today. It is almost like God said, do this, and this church will grow supernaturally suddenly. Amen. That is what I really believe God is sending to us. Yeah. Imagine Love Key Church where all of us are walking in the fullness of what God has called us to do. We are all completely sold out to see all people around us, family, friends, co-workers, and strangers, encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. Imagine all, just these people here. We are sold out to that idea. Imagine Love Key Church filling up so quickly with marriages and families that are hungry to do things God way, God's way that we need a new venue one month from now. Amen. That's possible. Yes. Imagine 50, 100, 
200 connect groups operating on a weekly basis in the Helderberg area, the northern suburbs, wherever else God wants us, changing homes, changing communities, changing schools and towns from within. Imagine that. It is possible. It is possible if each one of us make a decision to commit to put God first in every area of our lives. And that that, and, and that, that by extension shows in my personal walk with God and in how I serve my local church with my time, with my money, with my gifts, and my spiritual gifts. That is where it counts. Time, money, gifts, spiritual gifts. I should not have to come and ask or beg you to do something. You should run to us and overwhelm us with your help, contributions, and your initiatives. And we are open for that. We should not have any family struggling financially in our midst. We shouldn't. No one in this church should be struggling. We should all be helping each other. I've already seen in just a few relationships in our church how people can come together and help a brother out when it's going difficult. And I've seen the fruit of that. We should be able to build our own building within a year from now because of all of us catching the vision and prioritizing God God's house above our own. It is possible. I really believe that it's possible. Do you believe it's possible? Awesome. I think we should need to send that box around again. Okay. I, I want to take a moment where we reflect and respond about this because this is so important, people. We need to, we need to decide today as we start this year. And this is not a New Year's resolution. Those don't last. This is a commitment of faith toward the God that we serve. That is who we are. That is what we do. Amen? I want to give... Um, can you come and play something beautiful, please? Thank you, baby. <laughs> can we all stand, please? I want us to take a moment to reflect and respond about what we just heard in the Word of God. And as we do that, I do want to give a, a chance for anyone that is here today that has never given their lives to Christ. Or maybe you realize, man, I thought I was a Christian, but when I hear this, I realize I'm, I'm not. Maybe I'm a cultural Christian, or maybe I was just going through the motions. Maybe I've backslidden. If there's anyone like that here in the house today, would you please slip up your hand and just give us, just show us, you want to make a decision to follow Christ today. Is there anyone here today? Thank you, Jesus. If there's anyone online, you want to give your life to Christ today, this word really spoke to you, you feel connected to the Spirit of God and you want to make a decision, please tell us that as well. As people are still taking time to respond, I always want to share something with you. Maybe this helps you to take, to make the decision. On Friday, we got home from holiday and we shared a meal as a family. And afterwards, um, Alana seemed a little hot and bothered because it was hot. Plus she needed a nappy change. And because we were just a family, Aleta just took off the clothes and the nappy and she was naked the look on her face of joy 
and freedom with all that stuff, you know, taken away was just amazing. And then she started giggling and laughing and running around the, t- the dinner table over and over again. And that made us laugh. That made us feel joy. And she was just jumping and it was just pure, beautiful joy. Because what was holding her back was taken off. The dirt was taken away. And I want you to know that that is what Jesus does. He comes so that you may have life and life in abundance. All that stuff that makes you feel spiritually, emotionally, hot and bothered, dirty, guilty, shameful, all that stuff can go away like this. If you say yes to Jesus, maybe today you've heard this message and you feel, man, I don't want to sign up for that. It sounds like work. And yes, there will be work. There will be sacrifice. And yes, giving your life to Christ is literally doing that. Giving. It is giving your all. But there are only two options. It's either doing that, walking in the narrow way, having whatever this life might throw at you, but you're doing it with the power of God, the peace of God, the joy of God in you that cannot be thwarted by anything this life throws at you. Plus, if you decide to be part of a local church, you are covered, you are prayed for, you are protected in the Spirit. So you can do it. The other option is to be on the broad road where you do what you think is the best. It ends up in a mess and you don't go to heaven. You go to a place where you are separated from God's presence for eternity. Those are the options. I think it's pretty clear which one you should take. So once more, with every eye closed in this room, I want to make an invitation to anyone who wants to give their lives to Christ today and make a first-time decision. Is there anyone here? Just slip up your hand. Just show me. All right. Anyone online, let us know, and we will get back to you. I'm just going to do a prayer for those who have made that decision. Just Let's everyone pray after me. Lord Jesus, today I choose to give my life to you. I surrender my all and I choose to follow you. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. Thank you that I can have life and life eternal through you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior and I choose to follow you and obey you from this day forward in Jesus name Amen lastly I just want us all to take a moment keep our eyes closed let's focus on Jesus and I want you to just get serious for this moment before God And I believe there are two things that we just need to get clarity on. First is to make a decision right now whether you're going to take the fast week serious and make a commitment to God. Say, yes, I will. Decide now which fast you are going to do and stick to it. If you are married, if you have a family, if you have a friend, When you walk out of here, tell them what you've decided 
and ask them to keep you accountable and to do it with you. Amen. And the second thing is to ask God, in, in what ways am I not putting you first? In what ways am I neglecting my temple, the home of the Holy Spirit? And in what ways can I serve at my local church? And let God speak to you and take those prayers into your time of prayer and fasting this week. And let God speak to us. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for all these people that are here and online. I thank you that you've blessed us with this new venue. I thank you that you are going to meet with us here and there's amazing things that have happened and will happen. I praise you, Lord. I honor you and I worship you. I love you so much and I love these people so much and I can sense the presence of your spirit so strongly in this place. And I know even right now, Lord, you're ministering to people. You are bringing healing. You're bringing wholeness. You're bringing married people closer together. You're bringing parents and children closer together. And you're helping all of us to really put you first. Lord, I pray your blessing and your protection over each and every one that's here today. And I pray that you will guide us and lead us as we go into this week of prayer and fasting. I pray that you will help us, Holy Spirit, to stay strong, to stand strong, to have powerful encounters with you as we pray, read your word, and worship you. And that we will come back next Sunday so empowered, so strengthened, so invigorated in our spirit beings that we will just take each other, help each other to go to a next level. Lord, I pray that we will burst out of our seams in this new venue because people are going to rush to a place where there's life, where there's God's presence, where there's healing, where there's power. We thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Bless us in this day. Keep us and bring us back safely together. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you, make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you, your marriage and your family. Bye-bye.